Oh, there it is. Zoom has changed their buttons. <laughs> Zoom has changed their buttons. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Welcome everyone to the weekly drive button. <laughs> I'm hurting my fucking ears right now. I gotta, I gotta, that shit's very I gotta level, loud. I gotta level those drops, dude. I'm turning my volume down right now because otherwise, my ears are are, are killing me. One shot. I have, I have three monitors set up right now. I have three monitors set up. I switched. I switched from a two monitor setup to a one monitor setup because we're gonna get it started. We're gonna get it started. We're getting started right now. This is a weekly drive by. We're 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 talking about the weekly drive by right now. Why do you have right one monitor? Are you poor? What is going on <laughs> over there? I got one monitor because normally uh, when I'm doing the show, I would have. So last year, at least, and and for the majority of this year. I would have uh, my laptop to do like actual show stuff where I'm like talking into the microphone there. And uh, it was because I, I would have my, my desktop doing the drops and stuff. And so any episode that I wasn't doing the drops, it was because I just didn't feel like powering up the desktop and, and getting all that stuff set up and all that. Or I broke some shit, which sometimes I break some shit, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do that lately. Last episode, I found a way to actually, I accidentally found a way to get the drops, like, you know, this drop right here, working at the same time as, like, my voice is working. So I got that. So now I only need the one monitor. I got some shit that, like, maybe it would be helpful to have a second monitor, but... I'm only doing one. I only need the one. I'm only the doing man. one. Why do you got? Why do you got? You got multiple monitors up. Why you got multiple monitors up? I got multiple monitors up because my sound is fucked today. Apparently, as as decided by Zoom, uh, I've got one monitor which is just literally the Zoom call for no reason. Uh, there's no reason that this needs to take up an entire monitor, but I've decided today that since I have the wealth of monitors, that yep, just <laughs> one Zoom meeting screen. Uh, with mostly just a black panel of my name is on it, and the second monitor has you know the group me and the in a Spotify little panel if I need to if I need to re-listen to something in in extreme quickness, and then I've got a laptop up that's got the uh, the RYM pages that I wanted to that I wanted to have on, and um, and then a lyrics page which we'll get into later. But yeah, I've, I've, I've just, I'm all fucked up. Normally, I would have, you know, if if it was just a laptop, I would have one monitor. I'm all fucked up today, though. Okay, all right, we're 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 working this right now. We've we've talked about this before. That uh, for for the fans, for the fans, for the for the listeners, for anybody who's listening to weekly drive by for either the first episode or this is you know they're they've been they've been steady listening to which or their time. second episode. Yeah, there's the episode. Yeah, yeah, give me a good shot for that. <laughs> this is their first episode or their second episode, because that's probably all that all that it is. Uh, this is this is the drunk edition. Both of us have been have had a few drinks today. And I want to talk about this first because 
this has been actually the first day that I have ever, not even just in the history of the show, but in the history of my life, been able to work from home. Oh. And ever? It happened ever, ever, fucking ever. ever. I think it works. <laughs> um, so what happened today was I went into work like normal. Um, I got in there at nine on the dot, which is my start time. Um, for a lot of people at the company, it's actually 830. But when I was negotiating some shit, I was like, okay, I want to get there at nine o'clock. I don't want to get there at 830. I want to get there at nine. And they don't want to fire me. So they were like, we'll do that. So my start time is nine. I got there at nine today and I had like a pretty productive, like three hours, but the weather in Birmingham, Alabama is apparently pretty bad today. So, um, on the one hand, I I don't want to name drop here. So my, my boss, he is out in Mobile, Alabama today for Mardi Gras. So my boss is there. So my boss's boss is the person in charge of me right now. And she uh, was looking at the weather. I don't know if she was looking out for herself or looking out for all of us, but she was looking at the weather and she walked up to us all individually earlier today and was like, hey, so it's looking like it's supposed to storm pretty bad today. Um, I've decided we're all going to work from home today. So you can leave whenever you want to. And for me, that was like, okay, I'm going to leave in like exactly five minutes. So I went home. uh, This was at about 12 o'clock and I got home at about 1220. And motherfucker. Oh, no. I, this is, I've been talking about this kind of shit for so long now that I do not need to go into the office, okay? I don't need to do that. It's such a fucking waste of my time. All that time spent getting ready and and commuting, which for me is like actually like a like a, like a fifteen minute walk because I, I live right up the hill from from my job. But 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 still, all that time spent and you know there's that and there's you know getting back from work and I I my shift does not start till nine. Like I said, I'm normally up at about 7.45, if not 7.30, just to make sure I have my shit together and I'm, I'm dressed and ready to go to work. That shit does not need to happen. I don't need to do that. And working from home today, this is my first work from home experience, I was at least as productive as I would normally be on a normal day at the office. And I, it's just, it's just, as soon as I walked out at like noon, I felt some kind of freedom that I have not felt working this job. And I'm telling you, man, all of this shit, all of this shit is just because your employer, your employer. Okay, so there's some people, there's some people who you guys have to actually show up to do your job. And, you know, this is what it is. If you're a like service industry worker, you got to show up to do your job because you're there to do service for people i don't like it it is what it is though so i should i i don't i'm not i don't do that i shouldn't need to go into the office i shouldn't need to leave my house to work i don't need to i proved today i don't need to do that 
But your motherfucking employer, your motherfucking employer, Luke. Weekly drive-by. It's a pro worker podcast. We we we've said it before. We we don't get too political on this show. We don't like to. It's not our lane. And normally we don't have to, but at the end of the day, we're here for the workers. Would you would you would you agree with that? Um I we are definitely pro worker. And uh, I gotta say to the claim that we don't like to get political here. Um yeah, no, that's fucking wrong. Yeah, we don't <laughs> I, I didn't hear the last bit you said there. I think you got to do that. We again. get a little political up here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yes, weekly drive-by. Pro worker. We do get political every now and again. Um, so, when I say this, I, I say this from the perspective of not, like, I'm not trying to push a certain agenda on anybody, but, motherfucker, your employer does not want you to work from home because they want you to own every minute of your time. They want to own everything you do while you are in your fucking nine to five, or in my case, your fucking, uh, maybe it's your nine to five thirty, maybe it's your eight thirty to five, whatever, whatever fucking hours you're supposed to be working, your employer does not want you to have a minute of that to do what is helpful for you. That even if you don't actually have real fucking work to do for that whole period of time because I don't fucking have shit. Like, I spend the majority... Look, I'm not going to say I spend the majority of my day bullshitting, but I spend at least a solid almost half of my day bullshitting. We talked about this on a way earlier episode that's that was titled Quit Your Bullshit Job and Join a Black Age Band. Uh, I felt like then I had a bullshit job. Today, I don't think I have a bullshit job. I think I do some, some stuff that is actually like helpful to the company as a whole, which is helpful to certain people as a whole. But either way, uh, I think I spend at the least, at the least, at the very motherfucking least, three hours of my eight-hour day bullshitting. I don't have anything to do for about three hours of the day. And you know what I spend that motherfucking time doing? doing? I spend it what are you doing? either fucking listening to to music and bullshitting in the rym comments or applying to other <laughs> that's my man that's living the dream fucking dude that's it that's it that's all it is that's all it is so i go home i work from home for the first day in my life and you know what i felt free man i felt fucking free i did my fucking laundry i hadn't done some laundry for the longest ass time but you know what i'm home i'm here what else am I going to do? I did my laundry. I washed some dishes, man. I washed some motherfucking dishes. You know how much, you know, an, an unfortunate amount of time I've had some dishes that need to be washed. But you know what? They got fucking washed today. You know what? I I had a couple of drinks during fucking working hours today. You know why? Because that's my motherfucking God-given right. If I can get my work done on a fucking couple of drinks, I will do that. And I did that. And I got my shit done. So it doesn't matter. Maybe some people can't do that. I can do that. It's fine. It's all good. So, you know, all this, what it comes down to is, like I was saying earlier, your mother hugging employer, they they want to take every second of your time. It doesn't matter what your job actually is. It doesn't matter if you can get that work done by not being subject to the fucking all-seeing eye every minute of your day. It doesn't matter. They want to own you. Your employer wants to own you. And that is how it is. And it's a fucked up way 
for the world to work and i wish it did not work that way and i support everything that that wants it to not work that way but it is how it is and that's why you know any any chance you can any chance you have to to get outside of that system where your employer owns every second of your fucking time you got to do it you you should do it you don't owe them shit uh working from home every uh, i hear bosses all the time now oh productive we we are losing productivity if people aren't in the office that's bullshit that's fucking bullshit that's fucking absolute bullshit if somebody cannot be productive while they're at home it's just because they should not have that fucking job you can do everything you fucking do if you have a fucking like computer ass job you can do it from home you can do it from home and your employer is an asshat if they do not agree with that, they got their motherfucking pants on their motherfucking head and you should try and find a, a different job if that's what it is. I uh, I think that one thing that you missed out on is like uh, that all these these companies that have a big, you know, corporate headquarters or like any like moderately large office building, if they just suddenly shift from home, you know, COVID be damned. Because honestly, it doesn't matter anymore. And I think that people are slowly going back to the office, like just because their employer tells them that they have to, whether that logic is right or wrong or not. But, you know, if they just suddenly, you know, decide that, oh, our employers are good to work from home, then they take a fucking huge hit on that property value, like just like their office space, like all like. I used to I used to work at a company that had a big office space out in, uh, in, in Wisconsin, kind of out in the Milwaukee suburbs. And if they just said like, I'll be honest, a good portion of those people could work from home, probably upwards of 80% or more, because we have the technology. Now we have the capability that damn near most of those jobs can be done at home. They have a very nice facility. And they just don't want it to be all for naught. It's a complete sunk cost fallacy. Like there are, I will say that there are companies that are completely making, um, that are completely buying into this, uh, to, into work from home. One of them is Intel, Intel Corporation, the semiconductor fab. I know two people now that work from home for Intel and Intel, Intel's facility is out in uh, Folsom, California, like kind of around Sacramento. And, you know, they make they make California money and they work from home and Intel has bought in completely to this. I want to say that um, there are a couple other companies I've seen. I think Raytheon is one that like they have a portion of their people that work from home, like engineer wise. And I, I, I just don't see why more companies haven't bought into it. Like you could totally just sell your at least sell the land. I mean, you could sell the land that your facility is on if it's worth anything. I mean, most of them aren't worth anything because they weren't really built up on anything relevant. But, I mean, you could sell it immediately and, like, just actually send all your employees home and just, you know, decide that it'd be worth there. Because, you know, there's been a lot of studies done on the work from home versus in, in, you know, versus in the office. And, like, you could just get a lot more done. But I just don't see why. You know, they're, they're, the whole reason that, you know, you said they want to own your every second, you know, they want to own your every minute. That's because they think that, you know, you could get more stuff done in that um, in that time period, you know, if they own every second. But for a lot of jobs, 
I don't really see that to be the case. Like if there are jobs that have an endless slew of in, you know, input like tasks, then yes, I think that that would probably be the case and it would suit them to, you know, manage your minutes and stuff. But for, for a job like yours, where you're spending three hours a day dicking around, like, no, it's, it, there's just no point. Like they, they're just taking their job. They're taking the role of their jobs way more seriously than they really are worth well there's 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 that and there's also like if if they own those you know eight to nine to ten hours of your time you can't do that like you know you're you're sitting at the office even if you're like bullshitting for those like three hours of your day you can't spend that time developing new skills you can't spend that time doing other things that could help you get a better job. You can't spend that time taking care of your, your like weekly or daily human tasks that you have to do, like washing dishes or, or doing your laundry or whatever. Like you have to do that on those outside hours when you're already fucking tired. And when you're doing that in those, in that time that you're already tired, then your only productive hours of your day are already submit to your like, not not necessarily bullshit job but like your job you know where that you happen to do a lot of bullshit at so you can't it's about putting someone in a situation where they can't develop other skills and they can't accomplish necessary tasks during their productive hours so that during their quote-unquote unproductive hours or whatever or during their after work hours if you want to call it that they can't even use that to advance their life yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think you're right on that. Um I was actually reading some really interesting articles in the last week on this exact topic and um we've actually in the last week or the last 2 weeks there have been a lot of um well there have been a number of significant defaults on pretty much prime prime like location downtown um business uh, office locations there's there's one there's a couple that are downtown new york city around fifth avenue that have like defaulted on these gigantic mortgages like 450 million dollar mortgages you know for their for their office space like downtown new york city there's one um in downtown los angeles uh from brookfield corp that was a that was a default there's another one that was a 103 million dollar loan that was that was a complete default on a downtown like storage space and it's there's there are a lot of people that's saying over the next year that there are going to be a lot more of these because there are a significant amount of specifically software uh you know code monkeys that are simply refusing because they know they know that they simply do not have to go back and they are in such demand that they are not going to get fired for not going back. Um, but that's one big reason is that they hold all the leverage in that. Um, so they're, so they're not going back. Uh, the companies are simply defaulting. One of the big stories I may have said it before, but in 2019, uh, JP Morgan finished a gigantic new downtown New York, uh, office space for their trading floor. Um, 
right like probably late 2019 i want to say like october 2019 and then covid completely fucking choke slammed them and uh their ceo famously known economist jamie diamond um was coping <laughs> and really? was, was coping and seething when he was trying to get all of his employees back to fucking back to the office um because jp morgan you know one of the america's biggest banks was like you know we built this brand new office space you are all coming back to the office now god damn it and uh i never followed up but i mean he probably won just because all ceos do for the most part but basically as you know it now that you have worked their job i mean i know two people that are both a little bit younger than me you know early 20s to mid 20s that pretty much only want a work from home job and it's becoming a lot more popular i know i when i was looking at my jobs that glassdoor had a whole section on only remote jobs and i i think it's going to become more popular but it seems that right now it's only extremely popular for very low income jobs like data entry and other medial tasks of labor but for a lot of people they're willing to do it just because you don't have to deal with all that other bullshit yeah yeah and i don't know i mean like i've had something of a of an opposite um analysis of of what would be the popular like work from home jobs uh from stuff i've seen like if you're working at like a a very large company like if you're talking about the like i think they call them like fang you know those kind of like facebook apple blah 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 um they're trying to get people back in the office but a lot of those like second tier companies who are not that prestigious but are still like difficult and have a lot to do uh those are the ones who are kind of realizing that you know people over the past couple of years like good talent has gotten used and and understood the value of like working from home or or like the perk of it and it's hard to attract that like top tier talent at a non top tier company without offering that at least yeah absolutely i'm uh i i think that you're gonna see you know i at least i hope over the next like five years that it's going to become more common where you're going to have a lot more jobs that are work from home when your entire job is like all over computer means i mean i even like even back my job that i had in 2017 i i thought that like most of my shit could be done at home if i just had someone to come over to my house and install my software when honestly that could just you know they could just send me a nice little seven zip file that i could like install all my software on but you know you need to have at least uh maybe like remote desktop or something or like um yeah you know something that just like all the what are they called authorizations you know i'm not you misauthorized use of any like company software because oh boy those lawyers and shit with all their fucking digital licenses they would have a field day right yeah 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 but uh anyway i'm going to uh i'm gonna i'm gonna move to a i'm gonna move to a story because uh okay. i've been waiting to tell this story um it's a wild one and i have uh i have so i went to high school went to high school everyone you did i couldn't believe i I, I went to high school everyone and uh i went to high school with i 
during my time in high school when I was a sophomore, I had a, I had a, I had a group of friends that were all seniors and uh, my best friend from that like senior group, one of his friends was, um, you know, a pretty cool guy. He was, uh, he was really into Pink Floyd as every, as every high school senior would be. And um, he was, you know, he was really, really smart. He was a very intelligent guy in a bunch of AP classes and, you know, eventually he graduated and I, you know, went through the course. Um, mostly this is going to be concerned with chemistry, uh, the chemistry class, because I went through chemistry. Um, the The notorious thing about chemistry is I think chemistry is a sophomore year class. And um, I kind of realized that I could do pretty much every class I wanted to around like second semester, sophomore year. Um you know, actually maybe first semester, but I had to like build up the pedigree of like getting A's and honors classes. And I was like, all right, I can do the sophomore year. So I couldn't do it for US history or um, chemistry because I needed to like, you know, like kill the honors classes before I could like convince my advisor that I would like go to AP classes. So I did that, but pretty much everyone that was already in like the AP chemistry class, we had in our school, we had one AP chemistry teacher, and she was kind of a, around like a 40s-ish, like maybe late 30s, early 40s, or maybe even early 30s. I'm not really sure. She was really ugly, and I'm sorry, but she just did not age well. She was really young um, teacher, and we're gonna call we're gonna call her we're gonna call her Karen. Um, so Karen. <laughs> Okay, maybe you I should pick, pick a different name. name. For... No, there's yeah. no good. There's no good name. We're just gonna call her the chemistry teacher. So the chemistry okay. teacher um, was a girl. She was fairly young because our entire high school teaching, like faculty, was very young because it was known for being like everyone's first job out of like uh, Illinois State. And Illinois State is a big teachers' college where everyone goes and gets a four-year jerk-off degree in teaching and then goes to be a teacher. So then they all go to my community high school right after they graduate. And they're all like, they're all like mid twenties. Like most, I'm sure the average age of all of our teachers was like maybe low thirties. And that low thirties is only like not twenties because of the mean, like old teachers that have been there their whole lives. But anyway, so basically this guy, you know, goes on. He's a, he's a very nice he's a very nice guy. Uh, I his younger sister, uh, he is two years older than me. His younger sister is in my grade, and she's very nice. You know, I never really have a relationship with her. Um, but basically, what we have figured, what me and my other friend in high school have figured out recently, is that this girl who is my age is getting married soon, and that's very nice. You know, it's great. It's great when you hear someone that's your age is getting married. Um, looked on her wedding page and I got to be honest, uh, she, she got proposed to before she moved in with her fiance, um, big red flag there. Not sure why anyone would ever do that, but you know, you, you do you bro. Um, so in this, in this like knowledge of finding out that this girl was getting married, her older brother, um, who is a nice guy, very, very smart. Um, her older brother got married to this teacher that was our AP chemistry teacher. Wait, did this teacher teach him yes. chemistry? Yes. Oh, oh, what is going on? So you want to know how this gets even worse? 
Okay, go this for it. This chemistry teacher during my senior year got arrested for underage sexual battery of a minor. I mean, of, oh, of a minor. So, of was course. Was it him? No, it wasn't. I, I don't think it was him because he wouldn't have qualified at that point. He was 20-ish. I think he was okay. 20 or 21, and this person, I think, was 16. But she was definitely... She was definitely... Um, so apparently that there has there was word out that like you know she was always you know going out extracurricular activities with like other students mostly like people eventually realized that she was favoring male students and I think it, that she was favoring male students all this time because she was looking for a sugar daddy and that you know that would be intelligent bro this makes so much sense when you think about it too like when you know like where they are now but basically, she was looking for a sugar daddy to, like, you know, for her to not have to teach anymore and so that she could just, like, do whatever she wants. But basically, she got married to this, like, this guy ended up marrying her. And I'll be honest, I, I think he was definitely groomed. Like, he was definitely groomed or he reached out over social media or something to, like, you know, go on dates and stuff. But they eventually got married. And they moved away, and they had to change her name because she was a sexual. She was on the sexual predator list, so she changed her name, and they got married, and they moved somewhere out of state. Um, and he is like, a, and this guy is like a, a big software guy. I'll be honest, this guy is an alumnus of Marquette University. Fucking no! <laughs> it's over. So you want to know? Where this guy, so this guy, he worked at, he worked at Rockwell Automation. He was, you know, okay. he's a very big, he's, he's got a very good, like, career of himself. Cool. He makes all the money, and I'm sure that she does fucking nothing and stays at home. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say they have kids together, because I don't even know if this girl can have kids with this guy. But, um, just on a biological perspective, but do you want to know where they ended up moving to? I hope it's not fucking Alabama. They moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, all right, all right, all right. You got some, you got some alumni network there. No. <laughs> I don't want to fucking know this guy. I, so, so I have a friend that's going to the to the girl's wedding, like the her, his younger sister's wedding, and she is expecting to see her older brother and her older brother's wife, formerly a fucking chemistry teacher at her high school, uh, currently is a sexual predator. Probably not because she got her name changed. Um, I'm looking forward to the photos because I, my God, I'm going to see some gross shit. I'm telling you, this is like the uh, one of the ugliest like high school teachers. I don't, I mean, she's incredibly ugly. That's the worst part about all of this. Like, you may think that this is like the like the attractive high school chemistry teacher, like the blonde fucking busty girl. No, no, to, to ignore all of that. This girl is like five foot two, and like not has a good body at all, and it's it's rough. Her eyes are really far apart, and not in the Anya Taylor Joy like way, in the in the disgusting way. <laughs> oh man, he got up and walked away. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> so so I found out that, and uh, my friend like basically told like because I knew all most of the background, I just didn't know that they ended up getting married. I was like, oh my god, of course. 
the fucking Utah harboring sexual predator state. Absolutely disgusting. Um, so I wanted to wanted to lead that into the Utah slander of the show. Um, so I've, I've, of course, I, in short, I have recently accepted a job in in northern Utah. And sorry, wait, 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 sorry, that was the wrong one. Say, say that again. Say that again. I accepted a job in northern Utah. Yeah, okay, are you just playing off those booze as an accident? Because if you, like, wanted to be genuine, I wouldn't... Like, if you were going to be honest, then I'd be like, I wouldn't care. If that was your opinion, then that's just your opinion, man. I'll be honest, like, when they told... When I, like, first applied, I, like... I, I like I I'll be honest I saw this job back in like early to mid December and at the time I didn't even apply to it even though I had like a reference to the like company and I was just like you know I'm not even sure if it's a big enough like area I'm not really even like sure like so I just didn't even apply and like after I applied I'm like shit I probably want to live somewhere warmer so I'm going to apply to jobs that are only in Raleigh Durham and then I got a call like two days later and they're like, yeah, we're going to prepare an offer for you. I'm like, uh, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. And then like the offer was really good. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. So, so, I mean, I'll be honest. The weather is not like super different from it's like, very 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 marginally better than like illinois where i'm from you know it has a lot more snow in the winter because it's just like you know out west but like all that aside like you know spring is a little little earlier and fall is like a little little later but otherwise it's like you know your four seasons typical you know whatever oh but like the actual good thing is that like the sun cycle is like 45 minutes later so your sunsets are never going to be at like four o'clock like they're in illinois which is pretty awesome because illinois sucks in that regard you know like the worst part of december the sunsets at like 4 11 8 p.m and that's terrible no one likes that so yeah. you know that's nice but i was like i i, I was like i even told my mom this like this morning because she made a very snide remark you know, in a, in a joking manner, but like I have a little bit of regret. It's like if I didn't get this job, I would have exclusively applied to like Raleigh Durham areas because I definitely wanted to live there. And then I got a really good offer. I'm like, I I, I literally looked at this offer because it's for a very specific role. I'm like, I am not going to get an offer like this in Raleigh Durham. I I'm, I'm just not. And I even I like I even interviewed with a company like probably the only company that I would have worked for in Raleigh Durham, just on the basis that like it was a really good company and they had other positions that I would have applied for if I kept like doing you know moving on with it. But just the timing never really worked out. Like I couldn't like once I got this offer, they're like, "Yeah, you have five days to figure out if you want to accept this or not." I'm like, that's even. I mean, five you know, five days is like a, a good amount of time, and I'm I'm gonna guess that. Part of why, like, I mean, like the big reason of why it would be a good offer is, you know, like financial compensation and stuff. Like, you got it, you, you're doing pretty good there. Am I right there? 
Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a nice offer in that regard. But like fucking everything yeah. is super expensive. Like trying to fly anywhere from fucking Salt Lake City is ass. Unless but unless still. you know what? You know what? The only good fucking place to fly to Salt Lake City is or no, to fly from Salt Lake City is You want to take a guess? Denver. No. No. It's fucking Vegas. Really? Oh, okay. Actually, it makes a lot of sense. All those fucking, fucking Mormons do. Vegas. Or subscribe to like some fucking crazy religious shit. They're like, I'm just going to go to Vegas. Uh, Vegas but... is like Vegas round trip. You can get, I'm sure that you can get them for under $300, like on, regu- on the regular basis. There, it is so such gonna a be common Vegas flight. A lot. It is that's, such that's a common Vegas. flight. Like there and um, Denver is a common flight. I think San Francisco is a common flight. Seattle is a little bit of a common flight. I mean, like yeah. pretty much your giant western city. I don't even know about LA. I've but LA doesn't have any like big airports for you know being what LA is. But but honestly, like whatever. I even looked up like even like last night. I was like, you know, what if this job just like doesn't work out in like you know two to three years? I decide whatever. I looked up what like basically what I'm doing is gonna is called model based system engineering and it's a it's a very specific type of engineering that's only done for very, very large projects that are typically like a contract. And you know, or for, for like it's for like things that are very, very big, like rockets or like giant mechanical mechanoelectrical like software devices. Um, you know, I just decided to like look up what there was for that in uh, in like or like North Carolina, the entire state. And the only like mainline like type of engineering that is is in like fucking Fort Bragg, which is you know south of Raleigh Durham. And like, there's one job that's in Charlotte. And I'm just like, this is not good. This is this is not good. I'm gonna have to. I might. Not that I would do a career shift at the, you know, at some point, but like, I'm certainly, you know, at some point I've said I want, I would certainly like to go to Raleigh Durham in some capacity because I like, I, I like that. I like that fucking area a lot, you know, but like when I was looking for jobs, man, there's fucking nothing there. I swear to God for like a materials, like the only shit that's in Raleigh Durham is it like giant manufacturing areas or like software engineering. Like, as far as research, you know, like, because it's known as the research triangle, the only fucking research that goes on there is shit that requires, like, very high degree, like, pedigrees of software engineering, of which I proudly do not fucking have, because I am not a virgin like everyone else in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking hate software so much, it's unreal. Like, on a coding basis, I fucking despise it. It's terrible. So... Yeah, I, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, I, I, aside from aside from the company that I was looking at, which is a soft or a semiconductor like engineering company, like, and some of the some of like the manufacturing jobs that they had are actually worth shit because it's like very very high, you know, like the bar is set incredibly high. So like they need a lot more engineers and it takes a lot more people and it's a lot more. The, the bar for success is a lot higher, which means the challenge is higher, which means it pays better, which means it's just a better job overall. So, like, that's the sort of stuff that I was applying to. I had, like, one application out with the company, 
and they had like said that they made an offer to someone before I could, you know, before they even got to my, what is it called? My like application. I was like, whatever. Yeah, I get that. Um, but like the one interview I ended up doing was terrible. I said it before, like it was, a, it was an ADM. It was with someone that like did not speak, you know, well, that spoke English <laughs> yeah, with a very yeah. strong accent, which whatever, that's fine. I understand that. But for someone like me, I'm just not going to get it. And they were asking technical questions at ADM with a heavy accent. Bro, that is just not fair. Like, just fuck all that. So I was upset with that. And it just is what it is. But I didn't get a job with there. And I stopped, like, I, not that I was discouraged, but I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to look for the job. But, like, I started looking at that company again, probably as, like, if not the day of, like, the day after I had sent my applications for the job I ended up taking. And there were probably like two or three like positions I could seemingly, you know, work for at that one company. And, you know, part of me is upset. Part of me is just more upset because I look at the weather comparison of this week and this week over in Raleigh, it's like 70 degrees. And in fucking Utah, it's like 30. And I'm just like, wow. Not fucking fair. But also, it's like, uh, you know, the more, you know, the more I cope, the more I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to work fucking nine days and nine hours a day, you know, and then like add an extra hour of that day for lunch and add an extra hour for like the gym that's at the facility. First of all, I'm going to say this. I'm not abashed by this at all. That facility that I'm going to work at is brand fucking new. It's like 2021, late, like late 2021, it finished at the groundbreaking ceremony. None other and Mitt Romnoid and Mike Lee, Utah's famed senators, were there fucking groundbreaking, celebrating big business moving into Utah. And um, yeah, honestly, the facility itself was brand spanking new. They got a fucking big old weightlifting facility. They got a, uh, what's it called? Like a, a pickleball court. That's pretty dope. I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna destroy some people at pickleball. I'm just gonna be honest. Dude, what the fuck is up with pickleball? Honestly, okay, so pickleball has gotten really fucking trendy over the past like year, basically. Yeah, because it's what tennis for it's there? tennis for lazy people. It is. It is. It completely is. It's the mid ground between ping pong and tennis. It is. Think about it. I'm right. You're right. You're right. You're really right. I'm absolutely right. It's a little bit of physical activity, but it's not a whole lot that Americans can get accustomed to it. It's tennis, but you don't have to be in shape for it. Yeah, but the people that are in shape end up fucking wiping people that aren't, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm fucking ready for it. (laughs) I am going to just destroy people because I'm left-handed, which means I'm going to sit at the right side of the court, and pretty much everything that goes towards the middle, like between me and my partner, they are getting obliterated. They are getting obliterated booty blasted by my I'm just going to spike it at them I'm going to just hit them with the ball it's going to be a lot of fun for me so I'm looking forward to it if I get into a league it's over for everyone else everyone else finished yeah yeah alright so we've we've dug into a, a good amount of things right now we're getting an hour or so into the show uh, I think it's a good time to transition into some music talk since I think that's going to take the majority of the second hour that we have here. Um, I am going to start it out with an album by a band that everybody fucking knows. You don't know this band. You've been living in a fucking rock. 
not even living under a rock. You've been living in a rock. In a rock. And and not like a rock rock, but like a fucking boring rock. You're you're living in some some fucking uh metamorphic rock or whatever. Uh this is Paramore. This is Paramore. Paramore is one of the more famous emo pop bands of the mid 2000s. I think they're up there with Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Zico at the di- fucking A. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Paramore, I think they're up there with Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco as the big three of mid 2000s emo pop. I would say, opinions aside, uh, Misery Business is one of the defining songs of that time. And my personal opinion here, their 2007 album, Riot, is the best album of that sort of mid-2000s emo pop style. So they did that. Uh, then there were a couple of lineup shakeups and... A few albums in between, but we can kind of jump forward. We can do a time skip of time year of ten years and end up at their 2017 album After Laughter, which had them turning away from that sort of emo pop and power pop musical style into something closer to early 80s new wave and post punk, and they ended up becoming critical darlings in the process. Uh, this was kind of crazy you know it was this very popular mid-2000s pop rock band that got all these publications talking about them and i think it was deserved i think that album after laughter was pretty good and it was a good reinvention and uh i see why it appealed to so many different segments of that sort of indie crowd then they decided to fuck off for six years now that was just just nothing. We've had nothing from 2017 to 2023 from Paramore. But it's hard to call this new album a comeback album because their past two albums have kind of been comeback albums with them both coming 4 years after the last album. So it's it's not like that 6 years was like some very long amount of time that they decided not to do anything. They just kind of have that ethos, I guess, where you at least know when there's a new Paramore album that it's because Paramore wanted to make a new album. And I respect that. They're not trying to go on some predetermined trend of, oh, we have to release an album every two years, or every three years or whatever. They just kind of do it when they feel like doing it. And I think that's pretty cool. So question is, what are we in store for with this new 2023 Paramore album titled This Is Why. I think this is 36 minutes of incredibly solid, toe-tapping, dance-ready punk music. But not more than that. Um, I mentioned earlier in the chat where we were talking about what we're going to be reviewing today that this and the other album that I'd brought up, I I didn't think they were going to be anything less than three out of fives. And I wasn't necessarily expecting anything more than that. 
And I think Panamore kind of delivered exactly on my expectations here. I'm not going to call it cruise control because I feel like that's sort of insulting. It's, it's, it's saying that whoever was making this music just wasn't really trying. They were just kind of in there to do stuff. But at the same time, this is just kind of musicians making music because they're musicians and it's what they do. Um, I was not expecting to hear any sort of head scratchers with this because at the end of the day, it is more than anything else pop music. Like I wasn't expecting to have anything that made me kind of think, oh shit, like what are they really doing right here? Like what's, what's this original piece of music that they're, that they're hitting at? Um, but at the same time, like I at least want good hooks on my pop album and I don't think they really did that here. I think we got one good hook and it's the lead single, which is the title track, which is the first song on the album. And if that's your best hook on your pop album, then you've got some fucking problems because what is anybody supposed to hold on to for the like 32 or 31 minutes after that? There are some sort of interesting choices every now and again. Um, There's definitely some saxophones on some songs. I don't know if there's some horns other than that. Uh, Liar has a harp that kind of caught me off guard, but all in all, that's just kind of like quirk. Like that's not anything that's sort of inherent to the songwriting itself. It's just stuff to maybe make a song more interesting than it would have been without it. But it, it doesn't actually like increase like the the bass quality of that song. So I'm not I'm not very keen on this album. I don't think you know, it, it's in the top 10 on RYM at this point, which might be because of like the exact day that it came out that just happened to chart in the right place. But I think even the rating was like a 3.6 something. Um, it's not there. It's not that. I don't know what people are hearing when they hear that. Uh, I have this penciled in for the top 50 of the year, uh, which is like, you, you just had to be decent to get into the top 50. You know, you didn't have to be good to get into the top 50. You just had to be like, oh, this was a very listenable experience. Uh, but it's not coming anywhere near my top 10. Uh, it's 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 just not going to get there. I think This Is Why is a very solid track. And it's got, like, decent lyrics. And it's, you know, fun. But outside of that, no real reason to listen to this. Um that that that's really all I gotta say. Paramore, twenty twenty three album. This is why, three out of five. Haley Williams deserves better than a three out of five. She doesn't. Haley oh, Williams can autopilot. Haley Williams can autopilot and get a three out of five. She because just because she's Haley Williams, it's not gonna dip below that. But the music just just not that interesting, man. Just not that interesting. Do you think that After Laughter was a good album or not? Yeah, I liked After Laughter. I still listen to Told You So. I still listen to that song. I listened to it a couple days ago, and I was like, damn, it's pretty good. There's a couple other songs on that album that I still go back to every now and again. I just can't remember the names of them, but 
yeah, I think After Laughter was a good album and better than this one. I'm uh I'm gonna be honest. I got I got After Laughter as like a two point five on ROAM, and uh, I I actually think it's better than that. Like after seeing like the stuff that I write this year as like a two point five or a three, or something around there, like. I don't know. Like maybe I, you know, I've, I I get this like thing like of stuff that's five years or older. That like, why was I so hard on this? But then I'll go like, you know, the next day I'll go and write something from this year. Like, yeah, this shit's ass. And <laughs> spoiler for later in the show. Uh, but <laughs> but I'm uh, you know, I thought that some of their 2017, yeah, 2017 was a. Uh, was pretty decent like you know pretty nice easy listening and uh i you know i love i love Haley williams as a as a vocalist i mean she's kind of just baked into everyone that's our age it's like minds if you like had a you know nice childhood i suppose you know she's just baked into your head for better or worse so you know she you're just pretty you're predisposed to like her in my mind yeah yeah and i mean even if you were not into that like specific uh like scene of you know mid 2000s emo pop kind of stuff she was on that fucking that really popular uh bob song was that airplanes yeah was it was eminem on that song too eminem i think was in like airplanes part two where they like added in eminem i think eminem was like the rap stuff of part like airplanes part two where like airplanes part one was just Haley williams and uh and bob yeah, I mean B.O.B. I don't know a, why like Teenage Me liked that so much. Like those two songs, but they're they're you know comfy teenage songs that I remember from when I liked them a lot. I mean that's I mean I don't I would I wouldn't get mad at anybody for liking airplanes and you know B.O.B. was doing his whole like oh I'm a rapper but I also play the well, southern kind rapper, of thing. yeah. Yeah, and he he had a song with like uh fucking rivers of Weezer too. So I I I get all that kind of stuff and I'm not here to fight, you know early paramore stuff um i have been meaning to give riot a re-listen for a while and i've listened to their their earlier album and ep and you know it's it's definitely not as good but riot had fucking misery business it had fucking crush 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 like those are fucking good songs anybody who says those aren't good songs i will uh send the bear from the revenant after you to fight you because I'm not actually gonna fight you, but like I'll send a bear to do it. How the fuck did you know that I was thinking about the revenant in the last two weeks? I I, I didn't. How the Why fuck were you thinking you know about that, the revenant? No, because that bear is pretty messed up, man. And, Leo, and like honestly, I like Leo's little southern like Kentucky sort of thing going on in that movie. I dug it. And yeah, bro, you know, I like it's... go on. It's 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 absolutely look, I I fuck with Leo. Um I don't. I don't. You know, maybe his, his choice in bozo. His, his choice in women is something to look at, but <laughs> I think as an actor, he's generally pretty good. Um, I would have personally given him the Oscar for either Gilbert Grape or The Departed, but I don't think it's at all uh, inappropriate for him to get the Oscar for the one movie where he had to shut the fuck up because he couldn't talk. That makes all the sense in the world to me i think that um i think that he deserved the oscar for the revenant but i don't think it should have been his first that to me like was a movie that someone that would be getting their second or third like 
you know, for best actor, that's such like, I don't know. Like, I don't think that you should be winning your first fucking best actor for The Revenant. Like, that should be someone that was already an established actor. But, like, Leo already was an established actor. Just not in the mind of the Academy. Well, just not in, like, the accolades of the Academy. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Honestly, whatever. Fucking, I just, I just, like, yeah. Fucking the bear from The Revenant should have got best actor. Hot take there. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. The bear, the bear from the Revenant might not have gotten best actor, but we can hope that the bear from Cocaine Bear gets. Best I am actor. watching the movie. Fucking, it's a week, I think, right? It's the twenty third. Yeah, week now, yeah. Twenty third. Yep, yep. I am watching that movie. I'm gonna fucking drag my mom to go see that movie too. It's gonna be hilarious. She. I don't even care if I have to go see that shit alone. I'm going to see Cocaine Bear the day of. I don't know about the day of, but I am certainly seeing it that opening weekend. Like the weekend that it opens, I am seeing it at some point. Probably like Saturday, like matinee, maybe Friday matinee. I don't know, but I'm seeing it sometime and it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Same. Um, so, okay. What do you have for your first album this week? So I'm going to, I'm going to do two in this little segment. This first is like a, a very short segment, but I wanted to say, after getting blown the fuck out on uh, one of the previous shows for uh, for for supporting Paranol, for Paranol to release a, a a very mediocre album, as reviewed as reviewed by the man, the Marcus Man, um, I went back and listened to Paranol's 2023 album after the magic, 20, from 2023, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a nice three out of five. That's not that good. It's like arrival. Arrival is the best song, and it's not even. It's not even particularly close either. But holy shit! After parade, after parade, the fifth song. Everything after is like another thirty-five minutes of just. <laughs> I want to go to bed. I want to go to sleep. Sleep time. It's like honestly, okay. It's like thirty minutes. It's like thirty-ish minutes. But oh my god, after fucking parade, everything is like. I like sketchbook. Sketchbook is probably the best song out of all of them, aside from no awesome. Aside from aside from blossom, but those two are definitely the best in my mind. Um, the noise scapes on on blossom are very 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 good. Um, and especially, I, I just, I don't, it's, it's, it's just a solid, like, like there is nothing extra about this album outside of Arrival and Blossom and probably Insomnia. Um, but I was just like, this album is not that good. And I'm thinking that like the amount of effort that was put into it versus like, you know, previous albums, it's like the, the, <clears throat> The diminishing returns has started already, and I need to go and listen to his 2021 album because maybe it's good, and and that's why I need to listen to it because there's a chance that it's actually really good because the 2020 album was really good in my mind. I gave it a nice 3.5, probably bordering on a four. Like if I, if I'm really trying to be trying to be real here, but but yeah, uh, after the magic. I was not I was not huge on this and I'm I'm upset that I was not huge on this because I fucking I backed I backed Paranol so much and <laughs> you can't do this to me. You can't fucking just drop something that just 
you know, it's called insomnia. The second song is called insomnia, and it cures you of insomnia. What's the deal with that? Yeah, there it is. God's waiting for the gunshot. So I'm going to first get into uh, the good album. I've got a good album. I've got a bad album. So I'm going to go into the good album first. So we got a good album. This is a uh, singer-songwriter album, an art pop album. Uh, from the artist Complete Mountain Almanac. And Complete Mountain Almanac is a art, kind of like an art, like a poppy singer-songwriter band. Um, really like, a, I don't know, a light folk band from Sweden, from Stockholm, Sweden. Um, the most the most known uh, of all of these is Rebecca Carryord. And you may know them from The National. They are from oh, really? The National. Aaron Desner is the guitarist from The National, as well as the uh, he has he has some roles on this as well. Uh, Aaron Desner and I think Bryce Desner too are both from uh, from the work of The National. Um, yeah, Bryce Desner was a was kind of a keyboard and piano guy from from that band but yeah both of them both of them have heavy influence with the national um the national being a kind of mid mid aughts to to early 2010s um indie rock band that had a lot of that had some decently well-known works um apparently also featuring on this uh on this band are also accredited as Jessica Desner. So the entire Desner family is just getting involved really big here. Um, also, they are related to Project NIM and Red Bird Hollow, uh, neither of which ring any particularly big bells. But uh, when you click Red Bird Hollow on, uh, on RYM, you get a nice candid photo of Aaron and Bryce Desner, um, both wearing a really comfy, like, uh, I don't know, long... That's not a crew neck, but like, I don't know, a really nice, like long sleeve sweater uh, in front of their house. And I'm just going to send this along because honestly, it's really cute. This is like one of the one of the better photos of like a of a uh, of a two person band. Shit. Come on. Go away. Now I'm on my laptop. This is all messed up. Um, yeah. Look at that, man. Look at that. They're so nice. Bro, I, I, I fuck with those sweaters. They're I, so I wholesome. Want one of those sweaters. Would you get the one on the left or the right? I think I would personally want the one on the left more. I think those colors fit me more. But also, I mean, I don't have like a lot of like red clothing, so maybe the one on the right, dude. I mean, those are both very good sweaters. They're so whole. They're so nice and wholesome, aren't they? They're so nice. Yeah. But but honestly, I I, I think that they're uh, that just looks like a nice photo. They're they're making some good music. But anyway, on to the album. We've got a we've got a work from a Swedish singer songwriter. Uh, uh, what was her name? Shit, is like not Kierkegaard. Rebecca Kerryord, K A R I J O R D, Kerryord, uh, from Complete Mountain Almanac. And if you oh, look at the track, that, not list, Kierkegaard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Kierkegaard. But if you look at the track I have listing, a Kierkegaard book on my fucking computer desk right now. But anyway, okay, sorry. <laughs> All, if you look at the track listing, you'll see that each there are 12 tracks on this album, and each of these tracks is one of the months of the year. So instantly, of course, what do you think of when you if, you, if you're going to have an album where each song is a different month, you got to go into it thinking, all right, I'm going to like the months that I like, you know, of the uh, of the album. Um, that was not the case 
for me. That was not the case at all. I will say that my favorite, uh, my favorite month on this album, favorite song is like probably bottom four months of the year for me. So I want you to, I want you to, to special, special edition because this is a very different album. I want you to give me what are your top three months? What are your top three months <laughs> of uh, of the entire year? And uh, I want, I want, I want your opinion. Because I will judge your musical taste based on these three months that you give. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um, uh, one of my top three has to be September, just because on the one hand, that's the the very end of the summer and the beginning of fall and also my birth month. So I'm picking September in there. Uh, one of my other favorite months, I would think, is going to be March because March is the beginning of spring. March is when everything is sort of like just coming to life. March is when new things are are beginning, and it's 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 the month of it's the month of new beginnings, new starts, uh, freshness, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my other favorite month would have to be December. I'm going to go December. I think December is a great month. Uh, there's a great unwound song called December. Uh, December is the very end of the calendar year. It's, it's when like you're, you're finally getting to do all that shit you said you were going to do during the new year if you're that kind of person otherwise if you're like a really fucking sad person it's when you sit and cry about all the things that you said you were going to get done at the beginning of the year and didn't end up doing not saying that's me but i'm saying it happens to people (laughs) so i'm gonna go september march and december all right september march and december of all of these three uh of all of these three songs that you've listed um, and I and I'm judging these based on the album, the album musical quality of these three songs that you listed. You listed zero bad songs. There are okay. The all right. you listed, there are zero bad songs. I will say I was not a fan of June or July. I don't know. And I like summer. I mean, who doesn't like summer? Right. I mean, aside if you live in like the fucking desert, because then you're dying all the time. But yeah, June and July were both. Um, June is a very is a very like formal piano, like just it's 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 a very formal piano layered song with a lot with just like you know very very safe female vocals with a lot of like candid piano pieces. And I was not a really big fan of it. It's also like over five minutes long, and I'm just like, bro, this is this is just not for me. Um, July was July was a very like kind of it, it is a little kind of campfire mysterious um song with some really really light uh guitar pieces um but it's just got a lot of quiet pieces and it's like kind of a more it's like a camp it's like campfire like acoustic in a really bad way but um i will say of the ones that you picked uh so you started off with september september is easily the most authentic female vocals, uh, the best female vocals on this entire album. Uh, September has a lot of vocal range. It's got a very, it's like the last minute of the song has a lot of campfire, uh, campfire acoustic picking in a lot of good ways, like kind of the last minute and a half actually. And I, I really think that you would like a lot of the, just the inflections, a lot of the singing on September, 
um it was a really it was really majestic in a lot of ways that like a female vocalist would shine from uh, from that piece so then you listed march march is my favorite song of the entire year so far oh damn okay i'm putting it on a pedestal march itself that song from this band complete mountain almanac march is incredibly solemn and it's it's very slow paced and dare i say it is sufian-esque oh i say it is sufian-esque the writing the like the it is it is such a slow nice build up with the with the rhythmic tones in the background from a nice from a nice quiet guitar the vocals on the slow tempo just float they just float and they drift and they bounce on the notes it is such a perfect arrangement of of just these nice little notes these nice little um renditions of of the kind of consistent lyrics that are played back something turned round the bend and it just works so perfectly just there's there's extra humming that kind of goes on kind of as a secondary as a secondary vocal arrangement it is so beautiful with with what's being played and i've got to say this is probably my favorite song of the year i'm i've already said it but i'm saying it again it's it's a three it's just over three minutes but it is such it has got such complexity for being crammed in those three minutes something that i value and i'm i'm very very happy i've i put this in the playlist this is the one that i put into the playlist i was i was i was split at first between march and may may is another very good song but it's a lot more it's a lot more um upbeat and it's a lot more it's a lot more happy it's got a lot more light uh light acoustic guitars with the very thin strings that just play so rhythmically and so beautifully and i was very happy with that but march itself is is such a perfect solemn slow song for being three minutes i i have not heard a song like that in a long time um so i i had put that on and then you enlisted december december is december is about strong impactful vocals the 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 vocals are the main uh instrument in this song where you have a little bit of other you have a little bit of other strings stringed instruments in the background but the um, December is kind of about what you had said prior. It's like kind of taking charge of uh, you know of your next upcoming life. You know, it's a it's a it's a look ahead month while also being like a celebratory month. But I I think that the um, that Rebecca, who's I in my mind is the lead artist of this band, she had really taken this month to be as 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 very impactful and very you know kind of. Uh, you know it's a flagship month it's 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 going to be you know your mindset for the entire you know next year you know it's a it's a prospective month kind of as if as if sunday is a prospective day for your week but december is you know your prospective month you're like what do i want to change what did i do wrong this year and that's what a lot of december gets into and that was another great song um so now that i've said all that um march uh what is it march September and December all are the according to RYM 
They are the seventh, eighth, and ninth best tracks on this album. R.Y.M. fucked up bad. Bad, bad, bad. (laughs) Wrong, wrong, wrong. So first off, October, February, and then November are the top three months. Uh, I will say November is probably the best song of all those three. I would say November is probably like the fifth or sixth best song on this album. And then February is probably like seventh, and October is like a solid ninth or tenth. October is not a great song. Um, so yeah, that is that is my thought. That are those are my thoughts on this album. Um, overall, like as a as a whole, actually that was really short. Sorry, but overall, my thoughts on this as a whole <laughs> is that were is that a lot of the a lot of the songs are really are are really. Um, are you know some of the songs are characteristically well done uh, i think january march may august september november and december are all very good at being characteristic of the months that they represent um i think some of the summer months are a little too upbeat or there's just they're, there's just a lot of mixed messaging between the 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 upbeatness of june and the slow paceness of july and the emotions that that the singer is kind of coercing along with those. It's just, it's very inconsistent because honestly, I don't think June and July are very different at all. I would really love to hear some, hear some engagement on how June and July are very different months at all. But I just, I personally don't believe it. I just don't believe it at all. Um, But otherwise, you know, you'd think that, you know, the, the autumn months would be on the slower side and more laid back. And that's what August is. August is very, very good at being, you know, a very light, you know, song in the wind, light acoustic, uh, light acoustic strumming with some very, you know, calm vocals, whereas September is kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of the on the opposite. You know, it's grand. It's nice. And um, it's a it's a very strong uh you know vocalist song whereas october you know october november december uh, end up being all completely different you know fading out but i uh, i was a big fan of of this work as a whole i think the work was was very very strong and i think that there was a lot of um i i, I was just very I was I was impressed with the dyna- and with the dynamic of this entire album. And we've said before, you know, what would and, and I and I want to contrast this to uh to Way's Blood because I have heard it called on the radio as Way's Blood. So I'm calling her Way's Blood. But we've said in the past, you know, <laughs> what would what would a uh, a female singer-songwriter album that was unique and new and interesting look like? What would you know? What kind of kind of um, kind of vocal ranges? What kind of background performances are needed? What kind of you know? What's the bar for entry? Because because people are fawning over Way's blood, and and you know we just really don't see aside from certain vocal ranges. You know what makes the act interesting? But this is an act that is interesting. And uh, I was very, I was very pleased with a lot of the stuff that was on here. So I'm giving this a nice three point five. Oh, and I'm ex- ooh, okay. And I am, I am expecting this, uh, this piece to be in my final, my final ten of the year. Oh, all right. I, gotta, I am I expecting this one out. Uh, if it's not, then that means that this was a great year for music, and I'm, uh, that's awesome. Because honestly, I have not even gotten the February music yet, and. 
because the the two albums that I put in this week were on my backlog. That yes, I did have a backlog for music at a point. So, <laughs> so I've got to listen to some February music, uh, and this is the end of January for me. Yeah, no, that's that's great. That's great. I am. If this is a three point five to you, I, I like the tags here. Um, it, it sounds like something I would enjoy. I'm 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 definitely gonna check this one out. Uh, that sounds like something that I would really enjoy. And I think it's it's unfortunate that you did not like the October song here, but this is a great time for me to plug in an old uh, an old band. Uh, this band Abilene in uh, 2000 put out a self-titled album called abilene that's a slow core math rock post-rock album uh there is a song called october on there that is one of my favorite songs on the album and i'm gonna plug abilene check out that abilene self-titled from 2000 check out the song october uh my favorite song on there is actually probably the song before that the bombardier but both of those are great songs so anytime i can get to plug abilene I am going to do that. Um, but again, say what, what what was the what was the name of that uh, the artist again? So this is Complete Mountain Almanac with the album Complete Mountain Almanac, um, and you know the the tracks there there is no track called Complete Mountain Almanac. Sadly, it's, it's uh, just, it's just a ball sucking. <laughs> you say sadly, but that's that's a fucking great, great, uh, great aspect to their name. That complete mountain almanac does not have a song titled that, especially not on their, not on their self-titled. Uh, I am going to push it forward here. Uh, I got another album review. Hit it right now. I am. I am looking at this band uh, that has been around for fucking forever. This is Yola Tango. Oh, uh, yeah. Yola Tango is an indie rock band that's been working for more than 30 years. These motherfuckers have been around for more than 30 fucking years, which, you know, a lot of you, you want to say, hey, and me included here, I want to say, hey, you know, you guys, it's been 30 fucking years. Retire. Cut it quits. You're good. You have your legacy. Just stop. Just fucking stop. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Just take what you got that everybody liked and retire and maybe do some side projects you want to do like a, a side project with the same band members but under a different name that's cool yola tango does not necessarily need to exist anymore uh but they still do yola okay. tango are well known for a string of four acclaimed albums from 1993 to 2000 uh my favorite of these is 1993's painful uh, people can agree or disagree on which of those is their favorite because Yola Tango kind of developed their sound in that sort of time span. Uh, I think Painful is the closest they were to sort of late 80s, early 90s, noise pop and noise rock. And uh, later on, they started getting a little bit more ambient, but I think they were in their best lane for Painful. And I think Painful... It's actually, you know, I'd, I'd all time uh, saying this is I, I think if I were to give it a soft estimate, I've maybe listened to somewhere between 2000 and 2500 albums or slash EPs, if you want to get into that. Um, I think Painful would still be in the top 100 for me. I think that is about as sweet 
and soft as noisy rock music can get without getting lame. Uh, Yola Tango, also the last bastion of hope for rock romance with founding members Ira Kaplan and Georgia Hubley still married and still playing music together. I think for a lot of people, the uh, the last big rock, indie rock couple was Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon, but of course they did not work out. But Eric Kaplan and Georgia Hubley still going strong. So we, we respect that. We respect a, a good, wholesome marriage and musical coupling. What we get on this new album, what we get here, Yola Tango, This Stupid World, 2023. You get kind of what you would expect from modern Yola Tango. It's, uh, so it's, it's a lot of mid-tempo songs with sort of dreamy atmospheres. Um, I wouldn't quite call it wall of sound stuff i don't think they really build that up enough but it's stuff that uh is is very gentle and um it it scratches you but in like that very soft way that is like pretty nice uh eric kaplan vocalist guitarist he's singing most of the album and occasionally dropping some pretty tasteful indie guitar uh, I, I like what he's doing on some songs. And uh, Georgia Hubley, vocalist, drummer. I think she does some keyboards and usually the organ too. Um, she is singing gently enough to make every single shoegaze band in the world jealous. Uh, it's almost to a degree where I wish she would be more involved with a band that was doing like more upfront shoegaze style music. Uh, Yola Tango is not that. So, I mean, she's good. She fits here. I have no problems with her, but I kind of wish that maybe with her vocals, they would do a a little bit something more with it. This is not an interesting album. This is not an interesting album. When I looked at it, it was sitting at like a fucking 3.65 and uh, in the top 10 for the year. I don't know what, again, like with that Paramore album, I don't know what people are listening to when they rate this that high I, I don't know what they're doing i i wish i could have their ears and i could surgically transplant their ears onto my body so i could experience the feelings that they were feeling when they felt that this was a good enough album to give like a four out of five or a 4.5 out of five because i just don't think it's there i just i don't understand it i don't even i can't even interpret that sort of like sensory experience through text it just doesn't work it doesn't translate um, I think this is a good album. It will put you to sleep in a good way. It's about 46 minutes long. Uh, there's, you know, a solid 20 to 25 of this where I'm like, these are some professionals doing some good music stuff. And I'm not mad at it, but at the same time, I could be doing way more interesting shit with my time right now. I could go listen to Painful again. And this is not even to be like, oh, it's not as good as painful because I'm not going to find anything that they do as good as painful. It's just it's just not there on that higher quality. It's not there in that upper echelon of of, you know, indie rock music, especially if you're doing if you're doing, you know, some 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 
dreamy indie rock in the year fucking 2023 if you're still doing that you, you gotta you, you know you gotta bring something new to the table you gotta you, you just gotta do it you can't do the same shit that you've doing for like the past 10 to 15 years um and still call it like a good product that you're that is gonna end up on some you know good good end of your list like this is for the fans and i'm a fan so I listened and I appreciated it, but yeah, there, there's no single song I would point to here and say that like you need to listen to this. Um, I put tonight's episode on the Spotify playlist here because the end of the song, honestly, the very end of the song is this kind of neat ambient drone kind of moment that caught me off guard and that I think is really pleasant to listen to and that scratches a kind of itch that like I I wasn't you know necessarily expecting when I got into this album but other than that like I just I'm not I don't it's just not that good um this is dangerously close to 2.5 territory for me which is a little sad because like I said earlier this and the Paramore album, like these are two bands that I really like and that I, I like a lot of their music that they've put out. And it was, you know, if if they were working on autopilot that he get a three. I'm I'm worried about this. I'm I'm worried it's not it's just not that good. Uh I'm gonna give it a three out of five, but I feel like that's only because I like so much of what this band is about. If I was not a fan of them already it would probably be a 2.5 so this is not even like it's not going to make top 50 of the year for me i don't know what these people who are giving this you know a four to five are listening to or above uh but i'm, I'm not even sure this would be like top 100 of the year when we get down to it like if i listened if i had the time and patience to listen to 100 albums that i was already interested in this year I don't think this would end up there. Uh, this is close to the absolute minimum of something that I could give a three out of five to. So I'm going to say it. Yolo Tango, This Stupid World, 2023, three out of five. I think that RYM has a big problem with, uh, with these very, very older established artists releasing like newer works, you know, since 2021. Um, you know, up until now and probably through the next few years, at least, you know, these inflated scores, like, 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 as you had said, you know, Yola Tango has changed over the course of a long time. And not to say that their newer style cannot reach the heights that their older style can, you know, certainly they could go out, you know, tomorrow and release a new, you know, Neo Psych album with, with, uh, with heavy shoegaze influence and with heavy, uh, noise rock influence as well um kind of different from their older style but <clears throat> but um you know it's it it's just like a it's a good consensus that a lot of people think that their newer style has not reached the same heights as as painful or um or their 2000 album that had that uh that whose name is escaping me but it's very long and then nothing turned itself inside <laughs> out that's the one i was thinking of but, but something like that from any from, the, from that track of uh from that rut of of four uh four albums in a row that were highly rated but um 
I, I just I I I've seen it a lot. I think Paramore is probably another example of this. Funny enough, but of these older established artists that put out something new and are probably a good zero point zero point three higher than what they otherwise would be. Um. So I, not that it's disappointing, but it's just something to be aware of because I think that like, I think 2022's chart had another, uh, had some other examples of this, but basically like a lot of, uh, a lot of artists had put out, you know, not revival acts, but newer acts where they're just way higher rated than they should be. Um, but yeah, I just I think a lot of it's something to be aware of because I think 2022 had these artists that that came back and there's just like all these albums that are really rated way higher than they should be and it's just kind of odd, you know. We're we're looking for for some newer stuff to to really hit these charts so that we can you know remember some good stuff from the year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you've got a 2.5. I don't know if I'm gonna to get to this because I'm trying to find some new stuff. But I, I I call this one a three. I call this one or a three. three. I'm yeah, sorry, three. Yeah. three bordering on two point five. Right. So, in uh, in my efforts of trying to find some new stuff, you know, I did find something good this year. I did find a complete mountain almanac that was a very good listen uh, this week. But I also found something bad, <laughs> and I and not to say that I deliberately looked for something bad but i deliberately and this is the second or third time this year that i've done it um specifically also with only january works but have tried to seek out something that was different from what i would normally listen to and um so what i listened to as well this week is something that's got a 3.54 with or no 3.49 with 107 ratings and this is good for 125th of the year so far um a collaboration album because you know that's what we do now we're collaboration where you know 2023 may be the year of the collaboration but we gotta we gotta find a a big work that's really gonna drive that home um we've got a work by harto falion and era uh titled extracurriculum and extracurriculum itself is a is a collaborative collaborative 21 minute album by the genres plug cloud rap pop rap trap and then plug and b plug and b is no. my absolute favorite <laughs> genre tag i have seen in a good while so what were you what did is you that? want to say something i was going to ask first what is what what is plug if because i think uh I, I know what it is just because I've read, you know, these fucking random ass genre tags. Um, but I think a lot of people probably have not heard of plug as a genre. And and while you're explaining plug, what is plug and B? I mean, I'm assuming it's some sort of fusion of plug with R and B. But, you know, if you can just sort of dig into that a little bit. So I'm going to first kind of dive in from the smallest genre and then go back up to the biggest genre. So plug and B is a micro genre of a micro genre of a subgenre. So the main genre is hip hop. The subgenre is trap. And we know trap, you know, trap is a, 
is a form is a is a type of hip hop from Atlanta, a little bit maybe of Detroit, but it's maybe more known as to be a southern, you know, southern hip hop from uh, from from Gucci Mane and maybe some maybe Waka Flocka or some other some other hip hop artists, kind of in the early 2010s. But we we typically know what you know kind of what trap music is like. Um, you know, kind of digging in with a little bit of mumble rap influence, kind of uh, uh, very heavy sounds, uh, very, very strong sounds. And I'm not really sure what else there is to, to like linguistically decide to uh, describe trap um, aside from like just heavy, you know, just heavy hip hop sounds. And right. I mean, I, I think I think the defining I mean, like you said, you, you you named like the probably the most influential artists of of trap, which is like Gucci and Flocka. But I think musically, like the most defining thing about it is just the drum patterns. You know, you'll you'll if you're if you're a big fan, Dango Dingo Dongo fan, you've probably heard a lot of the skittering hi hats. I think that that's actually a pretty good description of of what the uh, the drum patterns tend to be like. Mm-hmm. So then we get into plug. And plug is a subgenre of trap, which at this point you're already jacking yourself off with these subgenres. <laughs> um, so, so the R I have no idea, so I had to read the RYM page. And we 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 get a we get a description that plug is a subgenre of trap that emerged in the mid 2010s, um, pioneered by producer Mexico Dro and members Wait, of what? this group. <laughs> Plugs. So first off, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say if you name your hip hop group Plugs. You need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. And then, uh, <laughs> who were far more influenced by the more minimalistic production of trap pioneer Zaytoven. Okay, I know Zaytoven. So yeah, I've heard of Zaytoven too. Um, I was I I was surprised that he would be on this page, but um, yeah, but no, this I is mean descri- Zaytoven. He he did some shit with like Soldier Boy way back when, right? Yeah, I thought so. That this was like a this was a guy from like. You know, back when they said the trap pioneer, that this guy, um, you know, was on a lot of features from like maybe 2015. I think Zaytoven was on with like Future and uh, and Gucci and um, just some other guys like early 2010s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on his Wikipedia, uh, he has released collaborative projects with artists including Gucci Mane, Usher, Future, Young Dolph, uh, Migos, Lecrae. Fucking Lecrae, the Christian rapper dude. Uh, Lil Yachty, Chief Keef, Young Scooter, Bob, Boozy Badass, Waka Flocka Flame, Jack Harlow, and and Dietrich Haddon, is a gospel singer or some shit. I don't, I don't, I don't even know, man. So anyway, I'm sorry, I distracted so here. On plug, uh, notably, the relaxed sound is defined by its common use of sparse and minimalistic drum and hi hats patterns. The hi hat pattern. Uh, subby 808s and heavy low end piano samples and icy synths. So this is like just a, a different like a like a certain very very certain type of trap that's like maybe a little bit lighter, you know, maybe a little bit lighter on the 808s and like very minimalistic. Um songs are commonly lower tempo between 130 and 145 beats per minute. Uh so I don't know that this seems to be like a, a lighter version of 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 trap that's not super heavy on like 
you know, stuff that like Gucci or, or Waka Flocka are putting out. Um, typically, maybe just a lighter end version of that. So then we get to plug in D, which I've, I'll be honest, I looked at this and I'm just like, this is a fucking joke, right? Um, so this this page itself, I have to read this first sentence. Plug and B emerged from the plug production sphere in the late 2010s in the works of Zan Gang and Goy XRD. Wait, what the fuck is that guy's name? Yep. Uh, Zan Gang <laughs> and Goy XRD. Maybe it's Goyard? Maybe so that's how you say it? I'll be honest, and here's the thing. I looked up Zan Gang and uh and mexico i'm gonna be honest so you know how like wikipedia has like all these fucking like little things and the influences are like completely weak or like wrong so this guy mexico dro uh he has a maximum like 54 ratings on rym like under eps and like under an ep he has a bunch of singles that have like six ratings or less um he has like a bunch of he has like one mixtape from 2015. And like he's on a he's on the plug and plug in B page. He's got like like I'm gonna be honest. I'm looking at this page for plug in B and like you know that like oh the works of Goy XRD. Goy XRD has like 60 ratings in all. Um <laughs> this is like just the most masturbatory <laughs> bullshit I have ever seen. This guy, uh, Zan Gang, you know, like, who is apparently a pioneer of fucking plug-in B, he has, like, 20 ratings in all of, like, his 20 were, like, no, sorry, his, like, oh, God, I don't know. His, like, 15 works have, like, 20 ratings in all. This is just, like, the most down-to-the, you know, needle thing that I have ever seen. Like, so, so other words, um, contrasting with the earlier straightforward and laid back sound of plug, plug and D emphasizes more melodic, intricate, and layered leads and typically more complex and dense drum programming. Though it commonly uses cheap sounding VST leads for the synth melodies, others have incorporated various different sounds to plug in B beats. From a synthesized electric guitar and jazzy chords to lush atmospheres. Okay, so just from reading that, after reading all of this bullshit, I'm going to say that the album I listened to does not sound like that in any regard. <laughs> like, and I know that this was like the last of the secondary genres, but dear fucking god, there is not anything on here that like resembles anything other than like your mainline cloud rap or trap. Um, so this album is called Extra Curriculum by Harto Felion and Era. Um, first off, I want to say that linguistically, that is a very unsoothing name for the artists. Uh, Harto Felion and Era, you know, just saying that is is not a great feeling. Um, contrary to Yola Tango, which is a very nice like linguistic. I mean, like you ever everyone loves saying Yola Tango. Um, of course. So I uh, I listened to this because I wanted to listen to something different, and I wanted to listen to something that would be outside of my uh, my typical genre tags. I don't I think the last hip hop album I listened to in general was Kendrick Lamar's uh, work from 2022, and um, 
Yeah, this is a bit different. This is a bit, this is a bit different. <laughs> so, first off, I want to say that um, there are a number of very, very like I, I've I've always done this with hip hop albums that I think are like not trying super hard, but I, I I always like to give a lyrical lowlights. You know, lyrical lowlights are are very good ways to uh you know to really expose bad albums for making bad lyrics because. Bad lyrics are very funny, but if you're trying to listen to music seriously, they're probably very aggravating. Um, so, so here's here's kind of the first one. Um, I don't really give a fuck what they go and say, but I ain't saying you was right, and I was saying you was wrong. And then he says, honestly, fuck this song. And then he stops, does a blunt hit, and then says, psych, nah, let's go. And then starts <laughs> singing again. Or starts rapping again. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, bud. <laughs> um. Then I gotta say, I gotta say, like, I have two songs up on tabs, and I'm just kind of like mincing through both of these songs because they were like the 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 two biggest defenders that I could remember, and I'm just finding new shit that's in these like lyrics that are just awful fucking lines. <laughs> Put those feelings in a trash bag, and now I'm glad. That's it? Do you get it? Glad is a fucking trash bag. Oh, Jesus fucking it's Christ. So <laughs> it's so fucking uh... bad. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I can... I can forgive that, but at least, like, you gotta, you gotta follow it no, up it's so bad. Okay, wait, well... Yeah. Okay. So the first line, jokes really write themselves. So I, so I sit back to point and laugh. Put those feelings in a trash bag, and now I'm glad. It's just, just, just stop, just stop. So, so I had, uh, I was originally gonna put that song in the list because, like, you know, I gotta put something in because I want to, because I want to put something bad. You know, if I've gotta listen to this shit, then you do too. And <laughs> I've said it before. I'm gonna keep saying it all year, but that. I put in, uh, I did not put it, that song was made by human. Um, I'm going to be honest, there are, there are a little bit of, there is a little bit of like diversity in these songs in like the production and stuff. Um, I got to say that um, I would say Bob Oblong fucking that's, yeah, that's one of the songs. Bob Oblong is the third song. So maybe you listen to that. It's two minutes. It's like most of these songs are like two and a half minutes to one and a half minutes but um i will say other words like the other good like listenable songs are original faker and can you hear me now um but i will also say that like i originally i've listened to this album twice and both times we're at the gym i'll be honest like trap music is pretty good for listening to at the gym if you're actually lifting weights not like you're gonna bitch around with cardio and stuff like on the fucking treadmill or elliptical or something, but if you're gonna be like, like lifting free weights, like trap is not a bad genre to listen to for that at all. Like you could you could definitely get a good lift in with that, you know, if you're not gonna listen to some metal, because you know I I don't want to listen to metal all the time. I probably hate myself if I listen to metal all the time. But yeah, I I gotta be honest. Uh, I put on Can You Hear Me Now because, and this is this is like. 90% of the reason that I put on the song on but the lyrics um I got the lyrics is 
feel like a track phone the way I get. And then he stops. And it's like the, it's like the, like your dial, it's like the dial up noise. And then he, and then he cuts back and, and says, disconnected. <laughs> like, just fucking shut the fuck up. <laughs> so it's like, feel like a track phone the way I get disconnected from, from it all. Like, I ain't got no data. Yeah, I'm sorry. This shit is fucking bad. I mean, the lyrics are bad. I think that some of, like, just some of the general sounds for, like, lifting weights, it could be pretty good. But as far as, like, this album as a piece of, like, you know, as, like, a something that you're actually going to sit and listen to for 22 minutes, this is not going to be something you enjoy. This is not going to be something that you find meaning in. Um, and I also got to drop another bad lyric. Life made by Burberry, I keep noticing the pattern. Ah, yeah, it's like like there's a lot of these really bad lyrics like that that are just like that are just like blatant like corporate like what do you product placement? It's just really bad. <laughs> so I don't know. No, there is certainly no one is paying these people. So yeah, I I gave this a nice one point five out of five. It's Ooh. not. It's not good. It's not good. Um, there is a, there is a purpose to it, so I didn't give it a one. Because I think someone could find enjoyment of this here or there, um, but I did not. But, um, yeah, fucking fail, fail, fail. Yeah, that's it. I got a one point five. So, uh, so I got, I got some other, I got some other news that I wanted to drop uh, in in my endless, in my now endless uh, hot takes on the state of Utah, but. I had I had read before that there was a person that there was a there was a pregnant female that was driving alone in the carpool lane in the state of Texas and got pulled over and then like basically told the cop like yeah I have a second person and they're in my stomach they're in my uterus sort of thing and the cop is just like yep I'm not dealing with this. You can go. I'm I'm not dealing with this right now. I'm not <laughs> So so the state of Utah has apparently been discussing like this in a real manner, like this issue on if pregnant females can drive alone in the carpool lane. Um, and I think what they may have done is like just kind of refuse to acknowledge it as a carpool lane and instead call it like a fast lane. Because I know those exist in North Carolina. Like you have to pay like 60 cents or something to drive in that lane or whatever. Um but as far as I know, that there has been real debate in like the Utah like lawmaker or whatever on if pregnant women can drive on their own in that lane, and yeah. people are just like, "Are you fucking serious? This is what we're spending our money on to debate this bullshit." Um, it's it. I think shit like that gets to the root of like how much bullshit it all really is. Where if you're gonna talk about how like oh like the 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 fetus is like a real human life or whatever then okay yeah that is two people then they they can pregnant women can drive in the carpool lane because they got two people in the car like that's that's all there is to it like the fact that there's this much fucking bullshit going on around it is like well maybe the whole conversation is fucking bullshit but that's just my opinion i think it is too i mean it's just a total it's a total thing to like just get worked up about i mean it's it's very very silly but 
Yeah, I uh, I, I want to give a quick anti shout out to Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, <laughs> um, for being a total fucking bozo uh, in all regard. <laughs> and basically, he has been the biggest bozo of the week um, when Biden gave his State of the Union address. I'm not sure why this year's State of the Union address, I feel like most people around me have really been talking it up. But like, I actually did watch the State of the Union in like, shit uh biden's like after biden's first full year because shit was really bad and i was like i want to see if people are actually gonna like you know be against him but no it was a total like handshake and smile and kiss the baby sort of thing so i'm just like okay i don't care anymore um but everyone like this year cared for some reason and mike lee did the whole thing on like on film where like republic like Biden was like, Republicans are going to try and go for Medicare and Social Security. And Mike Lee did the whole visible face like, no, we're not. Oh, my God. You're so crazy, Joe. You, Joey Brandon, you're so crazy. And then there's like also film of him like talking to a small group of like all elderly people, which doesn't make any sense to me. But they're all probably like elderly Republicans that are like, you know, that want to kill Social Security and med- med- Medicare. And he was basically like telling that small group and it's on film that like yes we are trying to kill social security and medicare and we are not going to stop until it's done and they all start cheering at like this like little group this like little dinner table group starts cheering and it's just like you are a total fucking bozo dude just get the fuck out of here so yeah big anti enemy of the show mike lee fucking enemy of the future and current enemy of the show and forever enemy of the show probably unless he actually does something good which that would be surprising that's good we need more enemies of the show i'm glad to, I'm, I'm glad to have mike lee as an enemy of the show yeah i've i've got to say mike lee i'm gonna look up his height but this guy cannot be taller than five foot eight now he's probably not even like five six five yeah yeah how tall is Mike Lee? Oh, it doesn't list it on here. It's definitely if not it listed. If it doesn't fucking list your height, then you're like 5'2". Like, come on. Shit, John Thune is 6'3". Lindsey Graham is is 5'7". Okay, if Lindsey Graham is 5'7", how tall do you think Mike Lee is? Probably 5'5", five five, right? Uh, yeah, either either uh, five five or five four. I'm I'm just googling this person and his face and like this picture Such of him on the little rat of of him standing next to like somebody at some kind of like manufacture like wood shop or like man metal manufacturing warehouse or something. This motherfucker's short, dude. This guy's short. This guy's short as he's. He's he's at most five six. Yeah, he's at most five six. There's no way he's any taller than that. Which again is just more proof that we need to eliminate the manlets. I totally agree. I kind of I'm I'm looking up photos of a uh, of certain photo of a photo where Mike Lee is in the same like photo as Mitt Romney, and it's just, you know that's what you got to look at Mike Lee and Mitt Romney together. You know, because they're the two senators. So if you can get them together, then you can kind of estimate what his height is. And Mike Lee standing up is definitely a little bit shorter than Mitt Romney. Like, the top of Mike Lee's head goes to, like, where Mitt Romney's eyebrows are. So 
now that we know that Mitt Romney <laughs> actually Mitt Romney is like kind of a little tall, isn't he? Is he like six is foot he? two? I think Mitt Romney's like yeah, okay, Mitt Romney's like six foot two. So Mike Lee's probably like five foot ten, I would say. Is maybe five really? foot nine. Uh, but still, maybe cool. like five foot nine. Cause what you kind of got to assume. Uh, okay, I would say like five foot ten, five foot nine, and that's like the very best. Cause also like, what's his name? Mitt Romney is like kind of slouched over in that photo. So I would say like, yeah, five foot ten or nine. Yeah, I'm saying okay, you're taller that's... than him, so don't worry. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah, this guy's a fucking <laughs> total clown. He's he's he looks like he's one of Trump's disciples. He looks like a fucking bozo. So did Paul Ryan six one? I didn't know that. Yeah, Paul Ryan's pretty tall. I don't think he's really like relevant anymore though. He's not a senator, is he? No, no, but still. Was he I mean whatever. Well yeah, whatever. Paul Ryan apparently he's six one. Um fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, I gotta think. Is there is there any other topic that you wanted to cover? Because I think I've pretty much I've covered like aside from like big. I, I I once I get more notes, I could really do a deep dive into like certain shitty Utah things. But like mostly, just want to call out Mike Lee for being a total fucking bozo and being on the news. And I'll be honest, Utah has like three and a half million people total. So. For your state to be on the news, like for you to be that much on the news, you have to really fuck up. So, congrats to that. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's we're we're past the two hour mark. I'm uh I'm getting ready to call it. He's calling it. My all both of my computers are both on Eastern time, so they both say eleven eleven. So yeah, that's it's 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 feeling late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's feeling late. But this has been. <laughs> Yola Tango sucks now.